Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Glory to God. We're turning your Bibles with me quickly to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to look at the 18th verse. And while you are turning there, I would just like to read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. And Ephesians 6.16 reads, Above all things, take the shield of faith, where which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How many of you know that we have an enemy? And he doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like us. But too bad, devil. The Lord is on our side. Amen. But he's given us weapons that we may be able to quench his fiery darts. Are you in Luke 4.18? Now, Jesus, as he stated his manifesto, as, you, as it may, uh, you may say, when he came to announce that he is the Messiah, he stated some things that he was sent to do. And we want to focus on a couple of those things this morning because they are fiery darts that can immobilize you. There are fiery darts that can hinder you. There are things that can make you ineffective in your Christian walk. And we want to try our best by the Holy Ghost to get you out of that place of ineffectiveness this morning, to put you back on the right track that God has for you. Because he didn't die for your partial deliverance. He died for your complete deliverance in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He went to the cross. He uh, died and was raised from the dead for us to be completely set free. Amen. Amen. You're in Luke 4, 18, and it reads there, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Now, we want to focus on two of those things that Jesus mentioned that he was sent to do. That is, heal the brokenhearted and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, typically, as we read what Jesus was sent to do, we tend to focus on in our mind that he was sent to preach the gospel to the poor, and we take that. We say, yes, Lord, we don't want to be poor no more. But we kind of read over heal the brokenhearted because that's not something that really stands out to us. And then preach deliverance to the captives. We can understand that people in bondage need to be set free. And recovering the sight to the blind, we understand that people need to be healed and able to get revelation of God. But we kind of read over set at liberty them that are bruised. So we want to bring those out this morning and if there's anyone who is in that position, we want to encourage you to be made whole. Now, when we hear the word brokenhearted, we continue to put that in a box, so to speak, and relate it only to things that have to do with relationships. But we want to expand your thinking on that this morning because you can be brokenhearted in many different ways. Brokenhearted not only covers relationship, but it co covers everything that God has given you to do that the devil's trying to stop you from doing. 
I'm going to give you a few definitions. And that word brokenhearted is a compound word. And broken from the Strong's Concordance definition is to crush completely, to shatter, to break into pieces, to break into shivers, to bruise. And that word heart means the thoughts or feelings, the mind. The thoughts, the feelings, the mind. So the devil is after your thoughts, your feelings, and your mind. He's trying to completely crush, shatter, break into shivers your mind. Next, we see he wants to, Jesus was sent to bring liberty to them that are bruised. So that bruised person is a person, according to the strong definition, that is crushed or bruised. And I want to expand on that definition looking at the Wordsworth 1828 dictionary. And it says bruised means crushed, hurt, or broken by a blunt, blunt or heavy instrument. Crushed, hurt, or broken by a blunt or heavy instrument. Has anyone ever been there? Brokenhearted, crushed, bruised, set back, discouraged, hindered, unmet expectations. Amen. Somebody say all of the above. <laughs> Amen. Now, Jesus, according to this scripture, says he was sent to heal. Now, healing is one thing, meaning heal means that you're going to stop whatever was going on that would cause death or cause hindrance. But it's another thing to be made whole. Whole means now you're going to look as if nothing ever happened. Now, of course, we believe in definitions, so I'm going to give you a definition of whole. Amen. Now, whole from the rest of 1828 means in its verb form, complete, entire, not defective or imperfect, as a whole orange, the whole, I mean a whole egg, the vessel is whole, also unimpaired, unbroken, or uninjured. Now, as I'm preaching to you this morning, you might be just remembering some things that have happened to you that caused your heart to be broken. You might just be going back in your memory about some things that have been bruised. And that is intentional. You should. Not that I want you to experience pain, but it's sort of like when you go to the doctor and he has to do an examination. You know the doctor, you go to him and say, I got a pain right here. He says, well, where does it hurt? And you show him that place. And he begins to examine. And he may press here. He says, does it hurt right there? You say, no. Does it hurt right there? You say, no. Does it hurt here? You say, oh, yeah, you got it, doctor, right there. God does not want you to experience pain, but sometimes we have to revisit things so that he can heal them. If we cover them up and shield them, God's not going to make you let him heal you. You have to submit to him and allow him to minister unto you. The Lord is always a gentleman. He has provided everything, but we have to take, we have to receive it. We have to access it by faith. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I have a funny story I'd like to share with you, just talking about experiencing pain and getting healing. Hmm. Seems like that clock 
Have I been up here that long? Amen. That clock, that clock on, on fast speed or something. But anyway, but anyway, uh, when I was a little kid, I grew up in the country. My grandparents raised me. And, you know, as a kid in the country, we, you go out and play. I mean, you go, you may be a mile away from home. And when they get ready for you, they just go out in the yard and holler, come here. Hey! You know, that's what we did. That's what they did. So I was out playing, and I stuck a rusty nail in my hand. And so, you know, being in the country, that was kind of a common occurrence. So, you know, I knew by hearing them talk about it that that's something I shouldn't ignore. So I wiped my little tears and going home and said, Dad, I, I stuck a nail in my hand. So my grandfather, love my grandfather. I could talk to you a long time about my grandfather, but I won't. But my grandfather was, to me, a very great man. Um, and he was, just to give you a picture of him, he was a Baptist deacon and he was very stoic. And his way of discipline was, and he trained me. His way of discipline was, if he heard me making too much noise, if he shook his paper while he was reading, that means I better settle down. He had already conditioned me that a paper shake meant, you too loud, boy. You got to settle down here. He was about 5'10". When he had lost weight, he was about 220. His arms were like this. I said across from him at the breakfast table, so I remember seeing those arms every day. I remember seeing him one time, we were out in the garden and the guy had plowed up the field and there was rock in the wrong place and the rock was bigger than my head. And my grandfather took the rock and he slung it across the field into a pasture. I said, mm, I ain't messing with daddy. <laughs> but when I stuck that nail in my hand, his treatment for that nail so that I wouldn't get locked jaw, gangrene and you know, have to go to the doctor was, he put some Epsom salt in some hot water and he was gonna stick my hand in it. Now, I'm a little kid, and I'm cool with the water, but I'm seeing steam. I'm saying, I don't know much, but this don't look like it's going to feel good. <laughs> this look like pain right here. So, I mean, I dried my tears. I was like, well, let's just see if anything happened there. I mean, <laughs> do we really have to do this? So... I just told you how big he was. So he just took my hand. He said, come on, boy. He took my hand and stuck it in there. And he held it there until he was satisfied. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, it's all right now. <laughs> but the point is, my hand didn't fall off. The point is, it hurt for a while to get to the healing. Now, you may hurt revisiting some of these things this morning. But if you let the word heal you, you'll be healed. Amen. Now, here are some things that people get brokenhearted about and get bruised about. You get brokenhearted and bruised about jobs that you didn't get. You may have been filling out resumes and going from job interview and job interview, and you just couldn't get the job you wanted. You may have relationships that failed. You know that God put in your heart that you want to have a mate, but every time you date or someone approaches you or you approach somebody, it just doesn't work out. You try serving in the church and you know that even while you're sitting here, you know that that's something that God wants you to do. You're supposed to be serving in your church, but you have past experience that make you think, God, I tried, but I tried and I couldn't get there on time. I tried and I couldn't get along. I tried and it seems like 
I wasn't adequate. All things that break your heart. Businesses that you started that did not come to fruition. So you just decide that you'll work a job. Unrequited love, love that's not returned. You see someone and you're attracted to them, but they don't even know that you're alive. You may be a student and you want to do well in school. You want to be an achiever. And you try with all your might, but you just don't make the grade. You have lost loved ones that made that transition from mortality into immortality, and you think you just can't go on. Things that break your heart. You have a ministry called on your life, but it seems it's never going to come to pass, so yet you just decide to sit in the pew. Things that break your heart and leave you bruised. Turn to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Sometimes we wonder, why do we have these things that we desire? Why do we have these directions that we've seen that we're led into? If it's a godly direction, God put it there. And Psalms 37, you're there yet? Verse number four, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? the desires of thine heart. These are God-planted desires. They didn't just pop up in your mind because you ate pizza one night and had a dream. God laid in your heart a desire to have that made to open that business or, or to excel in school. God put that desire in your heart to do well. God put it there. And the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you to be made whole is too high for you to settle for less than what he died for. He died that you would be made whole, not half whole, not 50% whole, not 75% whole, but a 100% whole. Whole is not whole unless you are whole. Why do you put up with just barely Reaching God's desire for your life. God put it there. Brother Robert, if you would, get my ball. Now, we understand brokenhearted. When you're brokenhearted, what will happen is a lot of times you would just shut yourself down concerning that thing. Where's the job? Where's the relationship? Where's the lost loved one? But bruise is sort of different. You know, you can have bruises that are unseen. And that ball that Brother Robert has is what I'm using to just show you an example of what's being bruised. And uh, Brother Horace, would you come and help us? Now, bruised people, what they do is, you guys stand apart of good ways, yeah. Now, right there is fine. What bruised people do is, now you can't see bruises usually. You've got clothes on. You can't see them. And that's the way most of our bruises are. But people walk around bruised all the time. And you know, stand, go, go, yeah, there you go, Brother Horace. And you know, what they do is, they just avoid contact. Hey, how you doing? Keep on walking. See, when I'm bruised, I don't want anybody to touch this. Because if you touch this, I'm going to experience pain. And if I stay far enough away, I know that you won't hurt me. 
Now, I'm still functioning somewhat, but I don't have contact. This is my bruise. And what happens is bruises don't just stay little, these kind of bruises, because they're not treated. They actually get worse. And I've had, if I had a bigger ball, I would have brought a bigger ball. Because what happens is people just walk around bruised, and they get to where, go that way, Brother Horace. Stay right there. They get to where they have to keep people farther and farther away. You nurse your pain and you rehearse your pain and the pain gets bigger. So here I am with my bruise. Oh, I'm fine. I'm all right. That's what people do. Thank you, Brother Harnes. See, God never intended you to avoid contact. We are not the single cell amoeba of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And members in particular, that's something that you have that I need that only you can supply. God put a gifting, talent, and ability in you that's necessary for my function in the body. And when you decide to allow the devil to keep you in that place of being brokenhearted and bruised, you have decided to not only give up your destiny, but you have decided to give up the destiny of the body of Christ. It's not just about you. See, some people, if you've been bruised and broken hearted long enough, what you do is you say, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I tried relationships. Hey, I'm good by myself. I tried business, but you know what? I'll just work this job. I'll be all right. You figure out ways to compensate. You figure out ways to just to make do. Jesus didn't die for make do. Jesus died for make whole. He wants you whole. He wants you whole. He wants you whole. He died to make you whole. Will you settle for just a cure? Will you settle for halfway? Or will you be made whole? Hallelujah. Turn to John 10.10. 10. Now, there's always someone, you know, in my interaction with people, a lot of times I come in contact with Christian people, and what they would do is, you know, we'll just be in conversation, and I won't tell them that I'm a minister or anything, but people just, you know, get real with you. They just tell you, yeah, I go to church, and yeah, I heard the preacher, and they just think, oh, you know, that's just preaching. Don't nobody do that. That's how people are. It may be somebody like that out here. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> it's not just preaching. This is our life guide. This is how God has chosen to deliver us from all the wiles of the devil. He chose to, to quench all the fiery darts. He chose to set us free by his word. You in John 10.10? The thief comes not but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life 
and that you might have it more abundantly. John, uh, Jesus did not bruise you. Jesus did not break your heart. Jesus loves you and is trying to bring deliverance to you. Turn to Psalm. No, turn to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. I'll just read Psalms 34, 19. You know, sometimes we as Christians think that when we get saved, well, why am I having trouble? We think we Charlie Brown. Woe is me. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. <laughs> See, it's all right to go through something if you come out victorious on the end. It's all right to be a Hebrew boy thrown in the fire if you come out the fire not even smelling like smoke. <laughs> it's all right to be down and out if you get up from being down and out. It's all right to fail if you are a righteous man because a righteous man can fall seven times and get back up. See, don't get stuck in your situation. Your situation is not who you are. Your situation is just what you're going through. Hallelujah. So go through. Get out of being brokenhearted. Get out of being bruised and receive wholeness from Jesus. Hallelujah. <sighs> Glory to God. Jeremiah 29. Are you there? He says, for I know the thoughts. <sighs> for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. <laughs> Said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The word of God says that he does not sleep nor slumber. And while he's awake, he's got me on his mind. While he's awake, he's got you on his mind. While he's awake, he's got your success on his mind. He's got your wholeness on his mind. He's got you coming out of that place of this depression and despair on his mind. He got you coming up from being brokenhearted and bruised on his mind. But you got to receive it by the word of God. Hallelujah. Turn to Jeremiah 1. You're already in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, look at verse 5. It says, before I formed thee, God knew you before you were a twinkle in your father's eye. Oh, hallelujah. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thy camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. He set you apart. You're not just a regular old everybody. You're not just a common person. You are a Christian. You are saved. You have a destination. God has a plan for you. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. The price was too high that Jesus paid. He rose from the dead. He bled and died and rose from the dead for you to be in a hole. He does not intend for you to be another ordinary person. He's got a plan and a destination for your life. And if you settle, you cannot be made whole. <laughs> Psalm 107.20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Turn to Luke chapter 6. God has a way of doing things. And he does not change his way. See, I get emotional when I think about this. Because, see, there was a time when I was brokenhearted. 
There was a time when I was down and dejected. There was a time when I didn't feel like I was worth much. Can I tell you something, just a little side note? I was raised by my grandparents. I love my grandparents dearly. They made great sacrifices for my life. Growing up in a little country town, in a cotton mill town. I know you don't know what that means, but that means a cotton mill ran everything. You lived in a mill house. You bought stuff from the mill store, and we were taught how to behave. When I grew up, I remember going to town, and there was still the colored and white signs. So I had to learn how this is where you don't go. This is where you do go, and it put inside you a mentality of being less than other people. I saw people who had stuff, and I didn't think I could ever rise to that place. I would see people who, even in the, when I was in the Baptist church, seeing a preacher preach, and in my heart, being a little boy, knowing that that should be something I could do, but I didn't think I could ever rise to that place. But when I heard the Word of God, when I got a revelation of how he loves me, how he cares for me. I remember when the first time I heard Isaiah 53, 5, that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him, and by his stripes I'm healed. When I knew that God had made a way for me to have peace, that I didn't have to be afraid, that I didn't have to think of myself lower than someone else, I could rise to any place that he had, he had called me to be in. It set me free. Luke chapter 6. This pattern that God has of deliverance is the same. It says in Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, but what said that the word is not even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You hear the word preached. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes to your heart for the word that's preached. You believe the word. You receive the word. You speak the word, and then you do the word. You're in Luke chapter 6. Look at the 17th verse. And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to say the word, hear. say the word, hear. say the word, hear. to hear him and to be, say the word, you hear, and you are healed. You hear, and you are healed. I thank God for every time he shows up with miracles, signs, and wonders, and demonstrations of the Spirit. But they are as the Spirit wills. Not as I will. I, it would be my will that they will always be here. But it's as the Spirit wills. But the Word of God is always present. You can speak that word over your life anytime you get ready. Whatever situation you have, you have the word of God is medicine. You can take your medicine three times a day. Just stand there and speak to yourself. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him, and by his stripes I'm healed. Devil, you don't have any right to chastise my peace. You don't have any right to put me down. You don't have any right to make me stand in this place of being brokenhearted and bruised. You don't have any right to make me think that I'm less of myself than what God says I am. Yeah. 
I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. Now, there's a process we have to follow. The Word of God says, when you stand praying, forgive. First thing we have to do in getting over being brokenhearted and bruised is we have to forgive. We have to forgive. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Hallelujah. Many times we tend to think of forgiveness as we have been wrongly taught in the world that we only forgive for that person's sake. But forgiveness is more so for you. That awe, that pain that happened because of you being brokenhearted it's like it puts a spot on you. And when you hold it, it's like an affection that grows. It's just like that ball I showed in the demonstration. You've just been bruised. You've just been brokenhearted. And you know the devil is going to cause you to nurse it and rehearse it. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you wonder why you don't have any friends. You wonder why. You can't have contact with anyone. You wonder why people avoid you. They're running into that ball. Matthew chapter 5, 43. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Get this, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Whose child do you want to be? Do you want to be the devil's child? Or do you want to be God's child? Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. You don't have to get anybody back. God's got your back. God will take care of it. Hallelujah. I want to share this scripture with you to help you take care of your heart. And I need you to open your spirit to hear it because I believe it's going to be something different from what you think. I don't believe, turn to Matthew 22, Matthew 22. I don't believe in our regular reading of the scripture that we see it as a way of protecting our heart. We usually just see it as a command of God concerning how we should live. But actually, this is a scripture that should be used as a guide to protect our hearts. Are you in Matthew 22? Look at the 37th verse. We're going to read 37 through 39. 
And let's read this together. Ready? Read. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, I'm going to read this again and put some emphasis in some places. Verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. What does all mean? Say everything. everything. What's left after the all? Say nothing. So if I'm loving God with all my heart, he has everything in my heart. Amen? He said, all my heart. Continuing on, it says, and with all thy soul. What does all mean? What's left after all? With all my mind, will, and emotions. And with all thy mind. What does all mean? What's left after all? Now, if I love God with all my heart, if I've given him every bit of my heart, every bit of my mind, every bit of my soul, now he's the keeper of my heart. He's the keeper of my mind. He's the keeper of my soul. And how does he tell us to love our neighbor as ourself? If we get this out of order, or we put verse 37 love and verse 39 love, we're out of order. Or if we put verse 39 love and verse 37 love, we're out of order. The all-your-heart kind of love is only to be reserved for God. Only. Only. I love my wife, but I love her as I love myself. I cannot, according to the scripture, love my wife with all my heart. I'm out of order if I love my wife with all my heart. I'm out of order. See, all your heart, God is the only one who qualifies for all your heart. He paid the price for all your heart. He bled, died, and rose for all your heart. Hollywood will tell you to love your boyfriend with all your heart, but that's out of order. They would tell you to love your children with all your heart, but that's out of order. They would tell you to love your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather with all your heart, but that's out of order. You're putting your heart in a position that God did not intend for it to be. You are exposing your heart to be broken. You're exposing your heart to be bruised. 
you're exposing yourself to damage. No person breathing qualifies to love you like God loves you. Nobody qualifies to answer the needs of your heart. No one qualifies to know the thoughts and intents of your heart. He says, guard your heart with all diligence while all of it flows the issues of life. No one else qualifies to deal with your heart. Who are you giving your heart to? Who has your heart? Only God shall have your heart. He paid for it with his blood. He paid for it. No one qualifies. No one qualifies for your heart. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Don't put your heart in places it wasn't meant to go. Your heart wasn't meant to go to your job. Your heart wasn't meant to go to your cousin them. Your heart was only meant to go to God. Only he qualifies. Only he qualifies. Are you in Matthew 10? Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Selah. Luke 14, 26 reads, If a man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He's not saying that you should despise your loved ones. He says, when you put your love for me on a scale compared to the love you have from everyone else, your love for me just tips it all over to the side. Because you've given him all your heart. Will you be made whole? Will you give him all your heart? Will you keep your heart protected so that it won't be broken and bruised? Will you put your heart in places it will not go or is not supposed to go? Your heart only should belong to him. Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. If He is your fortress and your refuge, nothing can get to your heart. David said that I think it was Abijah, I forget now, but there was the general from the other army that came to visit him to bring the north and south uh, divisions of Israel together. And he was trying to make a peace treaty. And he said, after he was killed by the man whose brother that he had killed, he said he died like a fool. 
because he caught him, out, caught him outside of the sanctuary of the city. See, when we are outside the sanctuary of the secret place of the Most High, we are acting foolishly. And we just put ourselves in a place where the devil has free rule and free reign. And he can take us out. Where do you have your heart? The 23rd Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. He restores what? My heart. But you know, Holy Ghost, Jesus won't do like my grandfather. He's not going to hold your heart under and let to make you uh, to so that he can minister to it. He's not going to take your heart and force the word into it. You must, by choice, take the healing balm of the word of God and minister it to your heart. And you know, he will help you. It is his desire for you to be made whole. That's why he came and bled and died. He wants you whole. And as you take that word and apply it to that open part, that open heart, that broken heart, that bruised heart, he's going to assist you in getting back to where he desired for you to be. Hebrews 2, 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There is a way that seemeth right unto the man, but the end thereof is the way of death. We have friends sometimes and family members that tell us ways that we can fix situations, fix our heart, fix our bruises, getting back at people. That's not God's way. His way is love. He loves the heartbreaker as much as he loves the one who has the broken heart. And God is praying. He, our intercessor, is praying that that heartbreaker will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before judgment falls on them. And that also is where you should be. Amen. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no, that hath no temptation taken us, but such as is come of the man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you might Bear it. Don't get up. Don't give up, beloved. God doesn't make quitters. God makes successes. His desire for you is to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the first and not the last, to go over and never under. He loves you, and he will bring you out. And my last scripture, because time is running, Psalms 7, Psalm number 7. You know, something children learn real early, and you don't have to teach them. They learn, they learn this term, but well, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. Little Johnny's got one, I want one too. That's not fair. 
you know, <clears throat> God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has only children. And the same way that we look at our children with love and kindness, he looks at us. And God knows when things aren't fair. But he's just merciful. You're in Psalm number seven. It reads, verse 11, God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. The heartbreaker, that time is coming. God does not get glory in judging the wicked, but God is just and will judge. My worst enemy, I would not want them to go to hell. If you knew what hell was like, you would pray for the heartbreaker. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. My question for you is, will you be made whole? Will you take the word and apply it to that broken part? Will you take the word and allow him to heal your bruise? Will you come up to the place that God put the desire in your heart to be? Or will you allow the devil to have unearned victory? Will you be made whole? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Every head bowed. Every eye closed in prayer. No one moving, no one walking, unless you've been assigned. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked Him into your heart, you've never made Him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe that He died for me, but on the third day, You raised Him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with Your Spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.